Hello and welcome back to the Only Cars Podcast, where we don't charge you a subscription for great car content. Here with your two favourite hosts, me, Dave, and... Brandon. There you are. How are you doing this week, mate? I'm doing great, and yourself? Ah, not too bad now, and we've enjoyed a nice week of weather, I have to say. Yeah, um, unfortunately the hay fever has started oh, yeah. to come out of the, the wilderness, like. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Slowly well, dying with that, but, Yes, I can imagine. Um, it's been uh, not exactly great for me either. I've, I had trees cut in my garden this week, so yeah, um, basically all of their pollen has been released everywhere, straight so, into your nose, straight into my nose. Yeah, just like the um, Bora, fellas. Just but, uh, like the yeah. oh dear, we'll get to More that later that on. To follow, though. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, have you done anything? With your vehicular fleet this week? Uh, no, the only thing I've done is I've thrown in that um, bottle of stuff you gave me to clean up the fuel. Uh, oh, yeah, good job. So I finally finished the end of it there. So, Not any difference yet? Uh, with the way you drive, you wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be too long to be through a, few, a tank of fuel. Yeah, what do you mean? I drive like a very normal, sedate uh, individual. Don't know about that now. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but, uh, tell us. Yeah. No, yeah, it feels faster. Is that was that uh was it meant to do that? We no? do, yeah. That means it's working. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was the Some would argue that's a placebo effect. Yeah. You know yourself. Maybe. I think the Irish in particular have a a great sense even when they wash a car or car drives <laughs> better. Or put stripes on it. Well, obviously that does exactly, add a, yeah. a bit of horsepower. Well, at least fifteen percent. That and red cars. Red cars are always default fifteen percent quicker. Yeah. That's why you have a red car. It's just a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's exactly why. Um, no mechanical work ventured upon then. Unfortunately, not. But we were just discussing mm-hmm. off air that you have some mechanical work and an update uh, from our last podcast on your well, Beetle. I do indeed. Finally, the Beetle, and perhaps the first time since at least the late eighties, now has brakes that work as intended. Would you believe? Um, so me and my friend were able to uh, finally get out the brakes properly and we replaced all the the shoes and the wheel cylinders um, bed the brakes the whole lot and I've had that Beetle for maybe four or five years now and it never it came with very very poor brakes um, <laughs> and I'm saying the brakes are poor yeah, as, as we they all probably know. weren't working yeah. there's you know you're opening the doors really to slow down with air resistance at that point oh, yeah. Um, so it's it's never had good brakes and and you know really is very much a car that you know you need to slow down with the, the gearbox you need to kind of constantly calculate well should I need to stop at any moment can I and the answer generally is no <laughs> but uh, now thankfully all of those wrongs have been righted and um, so you're telling when... me that you don't have to put your foot through the car to stop it now no really? no uh, it it's unreal. It I, and I didn't think, considering that you know, at the end of the day, even though we've overhauled the system, you're still dealing with like my Beetle is 1973, but yeah, you know, the Beetle's obviously on the go in one form or another since 1938, which I believe. So, um, you know, you're dealing with an integrated sort of brake system. You wouldn't think it it, it would be anything like a contemporary brake system, but. Um, when I took it on the first test drive, I got to the end of my, my street and I, I instinctively, even though I, I had literally just 
changed the brakes. I instinctively went to press the brakes as hard and as violently as I would need to normally to stop yeah. the beetle. And I did, and I nearly went through the windscreen. <laughs> hit myself, hit my head off the windscreen. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it at all. But the bite that's in them now is is it's bang on. I mean, I'll have, to, I'll have to drive it and take this out for a you know test drive now that it actually is absolutely yeah. Um, it's it, I, I I am impressed considering. It is old school technology. It's drum brakes all around. Um, the wheel cylinders that I had bought, and I had bought them a long time ago, so I can't change them. But anyhow, are actually not the right diameter. So they're slightly oh. bigger diameter wheel cylinders, which are kind of like a brake caliper. Yeah. In that they do the same thing for different reasons to make you brake. But um, they should be a little bit bigger at the at the front versus the back from from a brake bias or distribution perspective, but. Um, it, it's a hundred and ten percent better than the brakes that were in it, which oh, that's really good. Like we'll have to so. we we'll have to get out and test it. So uh, I have to see this it for is. myself, my own eyes to believe We've, it. Uh, finally, also given its suspension, so it has four new shock absorbers, um, so four new shocks all around. Wow. That was also a very strange feeling, and that after I hit my head off the windscreen, uh, I went obviously along my way on my journey to. <laughs> test drive and see make sure all the air was out of the brakes and that kind of thing and um i decided to uh driving it down the road i generated tonight it's a nice straight road but there's a couple of little dips and sort of bumps in it i was coming to a bump and i was bracing again for not that it would have been a massive bang like it's got big bf good rich tires on it which kind of acts similar or maybe in yeah they look cool and they also kind of act in place of the suspension a little bit, so they, they help with shock absorption. But um, I was bracing, ready for this bump, and I just sailed over it. It was amazing. It was it was it was such a lesson in in, in what a shock is meant to do and why it should. It be was there. a shock, and David. It was, it actually it was, was a shock. A, see what you've done there. <laughs> Very good, sir. Oh yes, it was a shock. Um, and a nice one. So, new shocks, new brakes, slowly coming, becoming a, a roadworthy car, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be able to do a tour of the country in it very soon. Very soon. And who knows? Um, it's the perfect joke to do then, really. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. But, uh, yeah. So, what other car, car have names? we been getting up to that we can inform everybody listening of? Well, uh, we have an X5 here. I think it's O2, and oh, it's yes. been uh, lying up for the past. I would say, long time. Uh, probably million last years. Year. Yeah, million years. Yeah. Um, and today it finally left on a tow truck to go get a new gearbox. Um, and tell us, Brandon, why was it on a tow truck? <laughs> to get a new gearbox, uh, among other uh. things, but uh, mainly the gearbox because right now you put it in drive, it goes absolutely nowhere. It's basically, you know, oh, park at every level. So it's great. So it won't select any gears? No, not at all. Um, and this is a really nice X5. It has an upgraded exhaust, uh, straight piped as well, I believe. And Twin pipes at the back. Yeah, it's a nice job. Pipes, yeah, looks really um, well. How many miles are on it? Uh, it's actually low enough mileage, believe it or not. It's only like yeah. 170,000 miles. It's not too bad for an O2. No, it's not too bad. And, you know, this is the, the original X5 shape uh, for our users, that, uh, for our listeners, should I say. 
Um, so I think it's O2, is it? Yeah, yeah, O2. With um, the clamshell. Nice blue color. That's really nice. I love that clamshell. It's yeah, cool. really nice Jeep, I have to say, and and it's and it's aged well, you know. Oh yeah. And I, I've I've known a few people who have had those Jeeps, and um, one a good friend of mine, he had a silver one, and um, similar sort of experience. He was going down the waterway, and then it decided that it didn't want to be in drive anymore, and it wanted ah. to just stay in neutral <laughs> and everything. And he was he had a pull inside the motorway. Obviously, he was stranded. Um, and he called the AA. And so only the AA man came and um, kind of pulls. He gets out of the jeep and goes upside him. He goes, "Many miles on her." And he said, "I think 102,000." He goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, that'd be about right." And my mate was like, "What do you mean?" Because these things have helped put my kids through college. <laughs> um, so apparently, that that original gearbox, uh, or should I say, X5 has inherent gearbox problems why yeah. i don't know but they all seem to have done one at some point yeah at least one you know hopefully that's all it does but, uh, yeah. yeah you know that might have been a second <laughs> gearbox <laughs> no True. Uh, probably got away with the one because it is a low mileage enough but it's a nice nice jeep that given a bit of tlc and a bit of time you yeah. really scrub up nicely you know yeah and it has like a kind of like a space gray color of wheels uh their aftermarket yeah. i believe and then uh what is it called the paintwork is like a it's a blue but it's like there's like a nice fleck in it so once i get that polished up and whatever it'll look unbelievable um it also has blacked out windows and uh, blacked out grill i've always liked that shift nice. x5 I, I didn't uh well i suppose i'm not yeah I nearly go as far as to say I'm not actually pushed on any other X5. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the new, the new one's impressive and and so on and so forth. But design wise, you know, it's a bit meh. I've noticed actually uh, definitely right, from the older X5s, they're actually pretty big inside, and as you get newer, yeah. it gets smaller and smaller in the cabin, while the outside gets bigger. Dash gets bigger, you see. Yeah. Yeah. And the so. outside gets bigger, right? And definitely into whatever about the current model, I'm gonna say that first one, the intervening models for me weren't great design wise now yeah um, i wasn't i mean I, I don't know if you go as far as to call them ugly cars obviously but they're just very um, standard they're like mundane like generic really, yeah 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 don't really turn your head at one type thing no and but that that original x5 was nice and their original sort of remit with that with that car was was an m5 or a 5 series anyway on yeah steroids are on raised suspension so they wanted to give that was a kind of original engineer what they're trying to go with so they wanted to give the comfort and refinement and all the things you'd expect basically from a 5 series bmw but in a jeep and that was the start of all that and look at it today well, you couldn't call it it's, it well that segment is is like everything's an suv now yeah. or a crossover or a crossover yeah that's right you know, if you look at Ford dropping the Mondeo there, I'd say, you know, other saloon cars, anything, any saloon cars is at risk at the moment in terms of being dropped. Like what car manufacturer today doesn't have a lineup heavily focused on SUVs yeah. or crossovers? Yeah, There's very few saloons. Not. Think of the saloons. Like what do you, you know, I suppose Audi and Volkswagen, the Passat, A4, A6. Uh, BMW um, have a good, good selection. They have a good few saloons, but... They're not selling, it seems. And, and even if you look, it's reflected in, in the second-hand market too in terms of price value. You know, sort of year for year, you would buy or at least get better value for money considering what you're getting 
uh, for the same year, saloon car versus SUV. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's some, for example, one that gets me in particular, and no offense if you're a driver of one of them, but the Mark One Tiguan, the original Tiguan, that was made up in like the, the new sort of current generation general shape, didn't come in until 2016. So the the, the Mark One generation Tiguan was made from 08 to 2016. So you can get a, a 15 or 16 range Mark One Tiguan. Well, 16 at the very, very latest. Yeah. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. Like the Tiguan that it, that replaced it. it, it is still a golf on race suspension and a golf's a great car and so on. But it looks like such a little baby comparison to the Mark II Tiguan. You know, at least the, the Mark II Tiguan does it. It's more angular. It's it's kind of it's, it's closer to a Jeep than it is uh, an SUV where. The Tiguan, the original Tiguan, was actually quite small. Yeah, true. You know, um, but you got it. You got like for me, you know, I I'm not sold on the SUV um, craze, and well, I think if, if there's no really inherent benefit that comes with being lifted off the ground because a lot of these yokes aren't meant to go off road anyway. So I never do. Yeah, I'll oh, never know. do. Definitely not. Never do. There isn't really, and there isn't even that much more space than them, really. Certainly luggage space. Whatever about additional passengers, um, the boots in them are, are, are relatively humble versus a medium to large saloon. Yeah. You know, so, and I think for me, you know, the SUV would, I, I like, sort of, I like Jeeps, so I like proper Jeeps. So if it was for me, I'd, I'd my vote would be on the Touareg. Yeah, you're, you're really after one of those at the minute, aren't you? Like, like a Tuareg or an Amarok, yeah, they're yeah. they're really cool. Um, probably the Tuareg over the Amarok because I'm disappointed yeah. with how um, expensive the Amarok is. And the interior, like it is a commercial vehicle, you know. So you're not getting the same levels of refinement as you would in the Tuareg, but you're paying the same money or more. Oh, you know? more, yeah, yeah. So it's a strange one, that, but yeah, Tuareg all the way. Yeah. Still expensive, obviously. Yeah, but uh, what have we got else have we got what else have we got cooking in the news uh, well I need to get my car serviced that's the first thing um, that's on the list for me and also I've just for anyone listening I've kind of been looking around for cars that I can use as kind of like an advertising vehicle for oh yeah promo vehicle my, yeah for my web design business that I do on the side and my dad purchased a a Mini 1, 2000 and... What is it? I forget now. 2007 or something. Seven, anyway, I think. Yeah. And it's a nice blue colour with a white roof. And he won't let me buy it, but I'm going to try and convince him uh, to let me buy it. And then I'd probably livery it up, uh, put a GP spoiler on the back, you know, centred exhaust, all this kind of stuff, you know, make it look cool. And then obviously advertise yeah. on the car, either with stickers or with a wrap or whatever. But I think that would be kind of cool. Um. We were kind of discussing off air um, of any potential other cars that I could use or could look into because um, we have a fair fleet of cars out here that aren't being used. They're just like the X5 sitting up. So, um, Well, maybe we should create a poll, Brandon. Maybe we should, actually, yeah. I'll throw that yeah, up on Instagram maybe during the there. week. Um, and see which one you'd like, Brandon, to use as a promotion oh, vehicle. I guess um, the, the Mini... Yeah, I don't know if it stands out as much as it did. You know, it still, I suppose, does. Uh, 
versus a generic sort of whichever. Um, there is a few, a few minis around though, you know. So I think yeah. it's all going to hinge on your on your livery, I suppose, or what yeah. wrap you're going with. Yeah, you're right. But I suppose the thing is, it won't be staying like a stock mini for long, if that makes sense. So it definitely would. It would have to stand out, you know, by the time I was done with it. So. Well, um, yeah, I suppose it would need to stand out. But... Yeah. Yeah, try. Um, I think, you know, a wise man once said to me one time, never make a car look faster than it is. But I suppose <laughs> maybe you're, you're, you're doing it for different reasons. Yeah, definitely. Just to get the more eyes, I suppose, on it rather than showing off my absolute flying machine. Um, probably, yeah. a th- probably a two and a half liter, is this? Oh, no, it's six liter actually. V twenty five. Oh yeah, V twenty five six liter mini. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, it's really it's good. A limited run. Limited run. run. Yeah. Supercharged, yeah. turbocharged, and mm. hybrid. Nice. Yeah, great fuel economy out of it too. Actually, it's really good. It's like a hundred and fifty miles per. What is it? Liter. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Wow. Um. <laughs> Yeah, if only it were, mate. Uh, yeah. So, would you like to tell everyone to? Uh, we won't tell anyone, just in case oh, they do actually buy it. Sort of. But, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's a six point five liter um, Hemi engine. <laughs> no, it's it's a one point four. It's uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's a one point four liter. But as David said, I wouldn't probably be never enough. As kind of like, it's, it's not my main car, obviously. So it would just be used for promotion. So it doesn't need to be, you know, four liter you know, supercharged engine or whatever. So because no, it needs to be a four liter. Yeah. Well, not in this country, unfortunately, but <laughs> mainly because it will be sitting up in town or wherever, um, or, or just driving around, you know? So, hmm. and the cheaper I can get it running wise, the better in my opinion. So tax insurance, all that stuff, fuel, especially with petrol. Have you seen the price of petrol and diesel today? Like what is going on? Like, it's just what is it? It's crazy. like one. It's only one fifty, I think. Is it for petrol? Yeah, it was one fifty there yesterday. Uh, one forty for diesel, and God. we're cheap. You know, we're cheap compared to the likes of Navin and Dublin and stuff like that. So, um, are we? Oh yeah. Well, I was in. I was down, in Dublin. Yeah, I was in Navin there. What, like a few months ago, or whatever. Um, and it was funny. Uh, my friends were. I was telling them the price here. They didn't believe it really. And, you know, I'll have to ask them again and see what it is right now. But, you know, we're definitely, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't really know why our fuel's cheaper up here. I was going to say because we're closer to the border, but I don't know. It's all washed. <laughs> it's all red diesel, you know. But um, oh, That's the UK stuff, mate. It's all green. Yeah, green, yeah. It's all but, green. Um, Comes out nice and clean. <laughs> but, you um know. Anyway, enough of our 1.4, sorry, 6.5 litre minis. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. News. Let's, no let's jump right into the news. Uh, what have you got for us? So, Verstappen has won the French Grand Prix there. And it's, kind of it's kind of crazy because he only just flew past Hamilton there at the last lap, like the last pretty mm. much second. Uh, so now I think he's 12 points clear um, at the top of the Drivers' Championship and Red Bull are 37 points ahead of Mercedes. So this is really unprecedented wow. in the land of F1. And obviously some of you listening will know a lot about F1. Um, so you can appreciate that even more. And um, It was looking really good for Hamilton. Uh, it looked like he was going to gonna win. 
as per usual. But the Red Bull, uh, the Red Bull team, uh, let me read this quote exactly. They played the tactical master stroke, opting for a two stopper and allowing Verstappen on fresher tires to pass Hamilton right at the death. So nice. You know, nice. Pretty good. I um I was just looking it up there. I see that that Red Bull are now I, I've haven't been following Formula One, I suppose, recently, but um they're now using Honda engines or have been perhaps for quite a while, but Honda have pulled out, but they're gonna continue the engine deal. Uh, Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they seasons, have, they, but, so, they have Honda written on the uh the DRS, the spoiler um, there at the back, I think. Right. If I remember. And fair play, yeah, for Sappen, yeah, he's a good driver. You yeah, know, I, I'm not as big as really fan is. personally, but yeah, you, you have to he give credit where credit is. Yeah, yeah, that's he's, that's where he gets. Like Kimi Raikkonen, he's a young Kimi Raikkonen in that respect. Yeah, I I, I know, prefer um, your boy Charles Leclerc to be honest over Verstappen, but sure luck. What can you yeah, do? Yeah, talent is talent, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, regardless of what his personality is like, you can't deny that he is doing a great job, and especially up against Hamilton. Come on. He's, you know, yeah, one of the best, if not the best drivers, you know, certainly up there in the top five uh, in history. So, you know, he's you can't doing... take away his statistics from him. Yeah, fair, exactly. You know? So um, he's achieved a lot. But uh, yeah. Anyway, David, what do you have this week in the news? Good news. Good news. The Goodwood Festival of Speed is back on. Oh, yeah. 2021. And um We'll be going ahead as, as well, obviously it was cancelled last year, as you know, so uh, Goodwill Festival of Speed, for anyone who doesn't know, is a fantastic event, which you will get coverage on. I'm not sure on what TV channels, uh, but there definitely will be stuff on there. Um, It'll be on YouTube. Or on YouTube. Anyway, for sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, you might get, even get a live stream from YouTube, and it's a really class event where any type of car you can imagine is is there, and they race up this sort of infamous circuit um, called the, the Hill, I think, the, the Goodwill yeah. Hill. Um so you'll have all sorts, like you have historic cars, cars from, I think they had the original, I think they've done a lap in the, like the original Mercedes-Benz at one point. Yeah, um, I've seen that actually. One of them. But like all sorts of cars, like race cars from every generation. Um, and it's just, they're serious. They machinery. even have they F1 all cars. It's pretty cool. They have F1 cars, they have everything. They have all sorts, like even have like off-road, like Dakar prepared jeeps and, and oh and, so cool you know pickup trucks that do jump dunes and stuff like that so but do they have um, any baja beetles though that's kind of do they ha- I, I, well yeah they maybe don't, that's I our suppose. in david with the, maybe that's our in yeah maybe we'll arrive <laughs> in the beetle uh we could start another poll of how many people think the beetle would make it no uh, i don't think because we'll yeah. i think that's a great idea and brandon needs to be convinced no um i don't know, you know I, I mentioned it originally because i thought it would be a good idea and then i realized that's a terrible idea so and now he, <laughs> david it takes us a to, while to get there now yeah <laughs> but i think it'd be a great idea well, I don't know. A full throttle in, in the beat, we might get there in what forty-eight hours, maybe. Yeah, I think we've, we've many other things to worry about <laughs> aside of uh, <laughs> time arrival. If I'm honest with you, but uh, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, sure. Forty-eight hours, cool. See you there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, <laughs> so, um, but Thursday, yeah, definitely worth it. Worth the watch. Is oh yes, that's right. Still available. It's booked out, but you can get there on Thursday. 
obviously it probably would have been booked out by now anyway because it's 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 happening pretty soon yeah but um all the ticket holders from last year obviously were honored with um their place so whatever remaining tickets would have been left over i'm sure sold out pretty quickly yeah and these things don't stay around for long considering like the the whole heritage behind this and yeah exactly um the whole heritage behind the goodwood uh festival of speed and all sorts so yeah if you're interested in going the thursday is still available um we were considering going but uh who knows could happen yeah might surprise you You never know. know And uh, continuing with the good news, I suppose we have Alfa Romeo is plotting the revival of the GTV, Lovely. which um, for Alfa fans will know uh, it's kind of always been Alfa's sports car, you could say, in the lineup. Um, has gone through many generations, I think, originally from the 60s. Uh, really nice car. Um, now, obviously, in previous generations, it, it carried very much the Alfa stigma, notoriously unreliable. Um, but Cool looking car, always a different sort of design, different look in, in you know, it was kind of out there. But at the same time, it was it was cool. I think they had a 3.2 V6, 24 valve engine. Um, anyone who's had like a car calendar will remember that there's, a, there's always like a, a shot of its, of its engine with the bonnet up. And it had these lovely chrome um, inlet, um, well, in, in a manifold, I suppose. But like you could see the individual six pipes and they're all potter's chrome it was like a ferrari engine it was really cool um however alpha have decided to join the electric revolution and are plotting a revival of the gtv but as an electric car i can hear the disappointment great. there in your voice yes uh, yeah. yeah it was all going so well so you'll be happy to hear that it's electric brandon um yep there's only one photo of it we could see in online uh, which is just the front of it the front of it looks very nice i have to say it's a coupe four-door setup so it'll be relatively large i suppose um but like a really slick looking futuristic julia i suppose you could say yeah um really nice so good to see that and from what we read it seems to be the start of an alpha revival as such um you know they've released a lot recently for them if you look at how little they've done in the previous 15 years maybe you had the julia you had the stelvio you had the tonale or toenails you like to call it um <laughs> you know you have you have so many new alpha models out of nowhere so it's great and it would appear that um just to remind people so as everyone knows obviously fiat own alpha Romeo, fiat themselves a massive conglomerate of, of car manufacturers so they, they constitute the fiat chrysler yeah. automotive group um, who recently merged with the PSA group in January. Uh, PSA, of course, is is mainly Peugeot, Peugeot Leon, uh, Citroen, uh, Opel, and... Um, All the great car brands together. that everyone loves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're now together, and they form... Collectively, they're known to this as Stellan, Stellantis, I think. So this whole shake-up of Alfa Romeo and, and their sort of return to the market and what they plan to do... and with all these ambitious plans and some of them have worked out already to be fair so the the merger seems to be trading off uh well for the two groups um so more to follow or as we see that uh, develop but if it makes it to production as it looks it's gonna be a really nice car yeah alpha really on their game recently but um just on the ev electric car while we're here um in our last podcast 
Um, if you haven't listened to it already, please go back and listen to it. You're missing out. But um, we were talking about the new Tesla Model S and how great it is and all that. And I've been doing some more feature research, uh, I suppose, because it's that feature rich. You couldn't, you'd have to do a dedicated um, podcast on it, to be honest. But um, so David mentioned that people were falling asleep and, you know, doing TikToks of all this sort of stuff where they're asleep and the car's still I'm doing driving. their washing. Yeah, doing their washing, you know, playing Mario Kart, yeah. whatever. Um, but Tesla now have activated, uh, well, it's actually built into the new Model S. It's basically like an IR sensor um, and camera that uses AI to see if you're looking at the road, if you're awake, blah, blah, blah. If you're not, it'll pull over and stop um, all that kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, a company by the name of Kama AI, uh, some people might know it if they're really into their autonomous vehicles, but um, it's owned and ran by a guy called uh, George Hotz, who is a famous hacker. He was the first one to um, nice. hack the iPhone, the iPad, PS3, all that sort of stuff. Um, and he has changed from the whole hacking scene to the autonomous uh, car scene. And his company's really uh, excellent. They basically started with this app. And that was free on the App Store, Google Play Store, Android, what, all that stuff. Um, people would download it. They'd put it up on their window and it would record the road wherever you were. And in return, I think I have this right, but you would get points based on how many miles you did. Um, and basically what they did, there was millions of downloads. They got all this information, video, you know, uh, all the accelerometer data, all this into their database and cool. now they're using that they got it for free they're using that to pump into their calm ai product which is basically like a smartphone with uh four cameras on i believe so right this is pretty simple it's like 500 dollars, i believe and you get it in a box you plug it into your obd port uh and you clip it just under your mirror and it nice. monitors your face the road it'll drive the car autonomously uh once you have the radar and stuff built into the car if you don't have that i believe it will do lane keeping assist and um, there's different features but basically it's taking the likes of an ever-grown list of cars and making them autonomous when they otherwise wouldn't be um and they're they were kind of the pioneers for this face watching technology um so if it'll be interesting to see how long it takes that to be hacked i'm sure they're taking a number of measures to make it you know but you'll find people like i think one of the first measures tests introduced was that there had to be like a there was an update so that the wheel could determine if enough pressure you know someone was sort of squeezing yeah. or leaning their hand against the wheel so people uh, interesting you mentioned that david because got an apple or an orange was it yes uh, it was a, it was right yeah they also used tennis balls as well but um if you're talking about like a hack from like an external source hacking into the car and maybe causing like a mass global robot destruction where all the cars start crashing into each other, whatever. Um, like Skynet is coming, man. Yeah, it's in one of the Fast and Furious films Fighting where they all machines. like fly out of the car parks. But um, no, Tesla have built-in fail-safes where if someone actually hacked the car, which yeah, let's it's not easy to do it, but I'm sure you could if you put enough time and had the right people. Um, It'll be easier than you think. There, there's fail-safes um, built into the car, so. For example, they're still stolen though. 
you know, like ah, I know what you mean, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but th- there is, there's definitely, and that that's the game, it's the cat and mouse game, and it's been going on since stealing them. You know, and, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like um, cars, the introduction of the key was the first um, anti-theft method uh, or a precaution. Um, cars didn't originally come with keys. You could start them with on a handle crank. Uh, yeah. Then they came with keys for security, and you know the rest is history. From introducing the mobilizers and central lock into alarms, and and you know now you have high tech anti lift kits and everything that can tell if the someone sneezes in the car and it goes Sentry off. You know, mode in Tesla's case, great job. They record yeah. the whole Pause. endings and all sorts of stuff. The thing is that it's still a cat and mouse. It's still a well. We're going to come out with this new feature uh, now. Haha. We got you. You'll not be stealing any of our cars. They're still going to end up stolen, though, aren't they? Yeah, but that's... Somehow. I mean, that's not Tesla's problem. Though. That's every car's problem. No, like, it's not. And, and Range Rovers are being it, it, wrecked in London at the minute. Oh, any. Eve. Yeah, any cars. And, and even yeah. some cars that have design flaws, like where... Uh, like different... I think it's Porsche KNs. Uh, I think there's some Beamer. Yeah. Um, And some Audi that the high-end ones... Their headlights can be removed without taking the front bumper off. What? So they're actually, they, they burn the bumper of the car Jesus. to get the headlights out because they're so expensive, they're LED headlights or whatever. So there's all these sorts of things that um, the car can be targeted for. But, but theft in general, you know, this system from Tesla will be circumvented somehow um, by a thief. And that's not great, obviously, for the owner, respectively, but is great in a sense that it, that in a way, in a roundabout way, it it ensures continued evolution and progression in overall security for cars you know if there was no threat of them being stolen then we wouldn't have gone past the key so um it is because they're being stolen you know in a strange way that we're getting enhanced security but it's always going to be a cat and mouse game kind of reaction rather than uh I suppose like being proactive, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the Teslas now they won't even start without seeing your face. So, I mean, wow. that's going to be hard to bypass. But anyway, I don't know. It's getting all a bit techy, isn't it? Oh, well, the whole car is tech. <laughs> the whole car know, is. But it's, it's a, getting it's a, bit a driving too much. computer, like you know. Yeah, and I, and that that's also another irony in that you know everyone would have twenty years ago imagined the future as flying cars and and all this mad sort of technology. And we have gotten some of that technology. Like we now have cars that can drive themselves and, you know, you could probably get them to talk to you and so on and so forth. So, you know, we have realized some of that. And I think now there's a reluctance to truly embrace that to a degree. You know, I I find great therapy in classic cars where there's still a number of things that can go wrong, but it's listed, it's limited to (laughs) like the brakes, you know, a number of things. So, um, for example, that beetle, as we all know, has soldiered on in terrible form or a terrible state, really. Um, but it's still bulletproof. It'll always, if you can't start that car, there's something like severely wrong with it. Yeah. So some of that inherent durability has been lost, I think, or will be lost. The more technical things can become. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I, I mean, Elon Musk was saying that. Now that cars are going to be all autonomous and stuff, um, you know, car companies are going to start focusing now on the, they're going to have to focus on the entertainment aspect where like in-car Netflix, in-car games, you know, all the stuff which the new Tesla's have. I think it was Ford who recently 
file for a patent to reserve the right for in-car ads. Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah. The why why radio did you pay for that? Like, why did you pay for what a car that does that? Well, it, it you won't directly. It'll just become part of a connected infotainment system, you know. Jesus. But um, yeah. it's a fantastic advertising opportunity. Captive audience in a car. Yeah, find just space. Like a radio, I suppose. Great job. Great idea. It, well, I mean, it's a terrible idea, which I hope never happens. But <laughs> you could see how people, companies would pay for it, you know. Yeah, true. Um, I believe you have some more news on the... Uh... Some disappointing news. Some very we've run out of good news, unfortunately. But go on, tell us. Well, Audi unfortunately have launched or, or announced, should I say, that their final combustion car will not, will probably be in twenty twenty six. Disgraceful. It's not entirely surprising in that I think Volkswagen have come out with something similar, um, and they've also joined, or should I say, there is another flurry of manufacturers who are joining them. Uh, Fiat have said that they'll phase out all ISIS uh, which stands for internal combustion engines by 2030 ISIS. ICE, I, not ISIS <laughs> ICE, 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 ICE engine they're going to phase out Girl, ISIS, ISIS phase out ISIS Time's send in the Fiat yeah. <laughs> send in the Fiat it'll be grand uh, Jaguar is going to be reinvented as an EV only luxury brand okay. and um, apparently Mini has gone on the record as saying that they'll have their last internal combustion engine by 2025 so there is a theme do you think a lot um, of this is just to please you know europe with the regulations it's definitely pandering euro 7 uh, emissions so every year couple of years there's a different euro in certain number of regulations so yeah previous current one zero six uh, and they get ever ever tighter which in some ways, is forcing the manufacturer's hand. Now, obviously, the market has shifted in terms of appetite for electric cars and hybrid cars. People are more interested in them. They are more willing to purchase them. Um, I don't necessarily think that the technology is there just yet, certainly in, in, in battery performance, but um, yeah. it's getting there. You know, I wouldn't say that. I don't necessarily think it's the answer either, and I think, you know, manufacturers choosing to, so boldly to proclaim that they will never have any more combustion engines is is that just a bit bold it's not in to be interpreted as a, a death nail as such and i think even volkswagen have, have made a similar commitment in that they will continue to sell combustion engine cars probably into the 2030s so it's not happening today or tomorrow um it just means that by 2026 the last final engine combustion engine car will be will be coming out, yeah. And it'll be well, maybe not only an interesting bet to me, but to see which we don't know what Audi model that will be. We'll get the prestige of being the last combustion powered Audi. Um, the Q5, I believe, is due for a new model or replacement around that time, so it could be potentially the last combustion engine Audi but definitely post the 2030s no more ice for an Audi but I will throw this out there I oh. believe that we will be coming back to it anyway like I, I feel like this is just a oh yeah by 2030 we'll be stopped yeah. but in 2030 now nah, we'll have you know it'll still be going you know I think I think you know they're under pressure from like a lot of other industries to to be seen that they're doing something, 
um you know that there is there is a pandering to the crowd to a degree yeah, true um and we'll see if that is right or not who knows i i know equally for example the porsche wing of volkswagen shall we say um and audi the also are heavily invested in, in developing and engineering and mass producing indeed um synthetic fuel yeah. which is retrospectively compatible with any engine it doesn't take any modifications you could put it into the tank here for your ponto this evening if you wanted to um so that if that can be cracked if genetically engineered this fuel so that 95 percent of all the stuff you don't want in it isn't so that to me suggests that's an absolute game changer because think about it like think of the push uh, you know electrification being right or wrong or the answer in itself being a separate answer and just or separate question and just look at the cost to change the effort to change here so to really change a whole nation's fleet to electric install and construct all the electric infrastructure required to, to charge them you know enforce your power um, grid delivery for example to deal with that pressure all the stuff we need to do um to get fully to electric whereas if we had production uh, production to scale for synthetic fuels all we'd have to do is get a few tankers loaded up and start filling the existing tanks true around every petrol station in the, in the country and so <clears throat> excuse me if it was produced to the to a global scale um you know, we, we could be looking at 95% reduction in all the bad stuff considerably sooner. Um, it would be minimum. quite expensive, so, though, initially, anyway. Probably, yeah. But you see, the market's there, and I think in it, like, you know, as all things business, even though combustion engines and, and the likes of this announcement from Audi and other manufacturers that, you know, it's, you know, this is the, the, the end, the ending era of, <clears throat> of combustion engines yeah. aside, um, there's still life in the beast yet, and you're talking well into the 2030s, 40s, beyond potentially before the entire world's fleet switched to electric, if that's where we're going. Yeah, and all while the likes of OPEC, for example, still exist, and they're the lads who are really pulling the strings at the price of oil, and they're not going to want to suddenly go out of business. So yeah. there's a lot of pressures from all sides. That could it's very delay. political, isn't so, it? Like once you get very into, political, yeah. yeah, very political, and there's a lot of money at stake. So, um, we'll see. Ooh. But at least we know there is other options out there. Speaking of very political, David, mm. should we should we jump right into our very controversial uh, topic? Yes. Well, I'm sure everyone on any platform or social media has uh, saw the individuals who attended. Uh, I like how it's been worded in a lot of the news articles too, an unofficial car meet. Yeah. Uh, so at least the press is trying to be nice when they're saying that. Um, in Letterkenny and Donegal, on what would have been the Donegal rally weekend. Of course, there was no actual rallying taking place, officially at least. Um, however, a number of modified car drivers um, descended on Donegal and Letterkenny in particular, and there was a lot of mess and shenanigans going on i believe you've seen yep. one such incident brandon yeah so there was an is 200 the beloved is 200 uh yeah. doing some donuts there on some wet ground or whatever and As it does a lad sticking out of the sunroof you know way whatever he was saying and another yeah. lad trying to walk around as it was you know doing the donut 
and he ended up yeah. getting absolutely wiped out of it uh, nice. by the IS 200. And what nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in fairness, not not that I can condone because, and I, as we'll get into, I think this is this is kind of what's wrong with the car scene. But um, in the video, which you may or may or may not come across, but basically, this guy's doing the donuts, as Brandon said, and. I think this this lad might have had a few cans of beer in him anyway. He decides to walk out in front of the car and is kind of hopping around. And it almost would have been better if he had stayed still. At least then the driver could have something to kind of drift around. But yeah. because he was kind of hopping around, he, he, he couldn't keep up with the car. And he, possibly because he might have had a few points in him, he kind of stumbled. And in that split second, he was no longer out of the way. And the rear end of the Lexus came sliding around as it might. And absolutely whacked him in the back, shoulder, his head. Um, I hope he's a very lucky fella. I obviously don't know how he is, but um, I hope he's, well, he's all right. But Not only did he get you know a smack to the back of the head and neck area, but he also was a victim of the Rikibora exhaust, in which this was also a fellow, his face was completely black, yeah. covered in soot, and... All the bad things that was coming out of that car. That's a trend, like we mentioned about Johnny. Let's be real. A few podcasts ago, but um I don't understand that, lads. I don't understand the Ricky Bora concept or the Ricky anything. Yeah. You know, if anything, as we've said, I'm all about modifying cars, but surely you'd 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 want the least amount of smoke coming out with, with the most power versus anything else. And certainly putting your head in front of it while someone dumps coal on you. Strange. Like again, if you're out, if you're having fun, it's your life. Fair play to you. But uh it's odd. It's something I'll never understand. Um there's been other such, I suppose, antisocial behaviour. Um you know, everyone's had a few drinks, I'm sure. Possibly even a few driving have had a few drinks, but um there was a few arrests made for intoxicated driving, so um that's never cool. But you know, there there is obviously I can understand it, and I know at risk of sounding like an old, like an old man potentially. I can understand it though from a residential residence perspective too. That you come into someone's village or town, and you know you're you're kicking over stuff and you're wrecking things, flower beds, and you're you know whatever with the skid marks. That's maybe not too bad, although not exactly. It's a bit of an eyesore probably for people who aren't interested in cars. Yeah. But um, that that whole setup there is is not helping or doing the car scene the Irish car scene any favours and we had an update well not an update but we, we saw the likes of Bob and um, other people who are trying to um, you know try and revive the Irish car scene are, are somewhat finding it challenging now because really what people think about when they see or hear about someone wanting to arrange a meet or an Irish car meet or a car show or anything like that it's the lads in the IS 200s are the boars or ghosts that look like they're on fire as they're driving past you. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the lads they're thinking about, you know, and I think that's sad because it's 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 going to tar everyone in the Irish car scene with that brush. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to cause them issues with insurance, you know, um, stuff like this. It's, it's going to have to be something like invite only, like a member's, like... You'll have to set up a private group where your friends can invite their friends and it kind of vetted via friends or whatever. 
I think it's much um, simpler than that. I, I, I think, and I appreciate I'm probably just being too wishful here, but I think really the answer is if everyone could just play ball, you know, yeah, we're all into a lot of different things. Happen, and we're all into, really? well, it probably won't, no, but, you know, if if that kind of thing is your stuff, that that's okay, fair enough, but just trying to be considerate to other people, I suppose, and, um, you know, so that it's not wrecked for the rest of us kind of thing. If everyone could even just do that. I don't think they care, though, you know. Like, they don't, they don't. see, obviously, yeah. themselves as the problem. They see whatever the guards or the, you know, the local yeah. residents or whatever as the problem. But in reality, yeah, you're going to get people who complain about anything. You could have the nicest, you know, Ferrari going down the road there, uh, electric, whatever, um, and people would still complain. Um, so, and call the guards. So... Yeah, you're always going to have that aspect, but when you're doing stuff like this, sticking your head under an, or in front of an exhaust, coming out black, you know, fair play to you, as David said, but you're giving everyone a bad, you know. A bad I think the image. issue is, you know, if, if, if these people can't play ball and they still want to go and do those type of events, that's great. Go, go somewhere that's not maybe as public or whatever. You know, do your drifting and do whatever else you, you need to do that's grand. What worries me is that, you know, this could have collateral impacts, even in the likes of cars and coffee type events, where if the Irish car scene is getting a lot of media attention at the minute and not for the right reasons. And so any efforts that have been trying to made by any being made by anyone to arrange different events or even when cars and coffee start to get up, maybe a lot of people might find or organizers might find that their premises are no longer available and no they're no longer welcome there. And that sure. would really annoy me because I don't want those type of events to go away. And any cars and coffee that I've been at has been very well policed in that respect. And it, it kind of attracts a different crowd anyway. But there's definitely none of the antisocial aspects to what we're seeing yeah. in the likes of Salt Hill and Letterkenny to a degree. Yeah, and I also, I noticed the car meet, I, I forget who it was now, so um, apologies, but a car meet that was on during the the week last week whatever um they actually told the guards to come to the car meet um the traffic car so they'd have all the lads in and the guards were going around checking everyone for tax road, road nct all that sort of stuff and their view on it was if you want to be here and cause trouble that's fine but we're gonna have the guards there and the guards are gonna see your reiki bora with the cut springs the no nct the no tax, nothing, no insurance, and they're going to. So it's 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 like that in the UK. They've they've great. Oh, yeah. Well, they have a much better relationship anyway with, with the police um, over there. They would definitely have a police presence at, at a car scene, and maybe that's the solution. You know, then. You know maybe it is a solution. Yeah, for like yeah. for people like myself and yourself, David, and obviously the majority of our listeners, if not all of them, um. You know, we pay our tax on our cars, our NCT and our insurance. There's no issue. We put a lot of money into our cars, you know. So if the guards are there, big well, deal. We're not doing anything wrong. That's true. Know? Yeah. And, and and really, not in their defense, but this is another thing that, that I don't understand is so have a lot of the lads we're talking about. Oh, yes, yeah. the are not cheap anymore. They never really were in terms of value for money from my perspective, but that's each of their own type of thing. Um. They've definitely spent money keeping them running due to how they drive them. So, and and that's just IST hundreds. There's lots of enormous, like Jack import type cars. Yeah. And so um, they do spend a lot of money buying these cars and um, 
then to drive the absolute brains out of them. I, I, I never, I, I never understood that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how you could spend so much money on a car and then ruin it. Like, you know, speaking of the head gases, for example, that's very understandable because the car is sitting at full revs, getting no air. Like, you have to understand how that engine was designed was that, well, if the car, there's no plausible scenario that the car wouldn't be at its red line unless it was doing its maximum speed. And if it's doing its maximum speed, then it's getting a minimum of X velocity of air. And that, that velocity is, is, is factored in in terms of the engine cooling or its ability to cool itself. So there's a, f- a much bigger difference to, on, on like with an engine running at red line going nowhere and an engine running at red line flat out on the autobahn or a motorway or a track yeah. or whatever. You know, because all that air that the engine expects you to be getting at those revs isn't there. Uh, what does that mean? You have much more heat. Th- your radiator isn't going to be able to keep up with that. It can just about keep the car cool when it's idling. You know, it, it, a car's engine, although it's water cooled, it, it's it's largely depending on the velocity of air coming through it as it drives. Exactly. Um, to cool it, that's what's going through the radiator core to to cool the cool it down. So, um, the reason they're doing high gaskets is because. The car isn't getting that velocity. It's not cooling down. It's absolutely cracking the head on it, you know. So to counteract that problem and, and proper drift cars, as you can see, like not only do they have massive um, elaborate steering setups that allow the wheel to go almost horizontal Horizon, to the yeah, arch, it's like it, it, crazy. it's crazy. Um, but they also have um, a number of fans for additional cooling. Oh, yeah, huge. You know, and, and, they need that too. because, yeah, and, and because the engine is sitting at full revs, not getting much air. So it's perfectly understandable how that happens. But yet, are these people taking the precautions to do that? If they really are hell-bent to go out and different around something for a couple of minutes, and that's all it takes, really. I think of how much stress the engine, gearbox, the drivetrain, the wheels, the axles, the drive shafts, bearings, yeah, tires. It's crazy. Um. And you also see them hanging on the brake when they want to do like a burnout. So you'll see, like you say, if they're doing a ascend from a standing start, you know, you can see the brake lights coming on. Now, unless they have line lock installed or a line lock device, which, which they don't. Well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, but I, I highly suspect they don't. Uh, a line lock, just for listeners, would be that you could basically hook it up to a switch in your dash that when you pressed it or flicked it, it would disengage the rear brakes, allowing you to keep your foot full on the brake, but only the front two wheels would be actually braking. And if you have a rear-wheel drive car, which an IS200 is, that allows them to spin. So the car is holding itself back at the front, which allows the rear wheels to spin up, and that's great. And you do a burnout, and then when you're ready to take off, take your foot off the brake, and away you go. Um. However, what lads are doing to simulate that is they're, they're holding themselves on the brakes, but all four wheels are still braking, which means that they're forcing the car to not only brake traction with the road, but also work against its own brake pads. So the brake pads and the rear wheels are still engaging, admittedly not as much as the fronts because of the brake distribution, and that's why they can spin. But they're basically not only burning their tires, they're burning their brake pads when they're doing that there, and potentially... <laughs> warping their discs such a mechanical genocide really you know 
it's not that you can't do these things with cars. You can, but you just need to take additional precautions, such as, for, in that example, installing a line lock device, installing additional cooling, maybe more radiators. You know, the Audi um, S1 rally car, for example, from the 80s, they had a problem with cooling. So they installed a radiator at the back. The whole rear bootlet of it is like like fins you can see is fans and there's a big radiator sitting there and two fans pushing air out the back of the car just to cool it down more so they're the type of precautions that you would need to take if you were going to go diffing as i believe it's referred to but i i can't understand why someone who if they do possess this mechanical knowledge was clearly they mustn't but understand even vaguely how a car works they must it's really hard. Like that's not someone who likes a car. That's someone who's just wants a good time. Yeah, they don't care, care do they? The because, away, you know, you know, anyone who knows a slight amount about how a car works will know that's just pain to listen to. Like, you know, you know, but it's pain on the car. Yeah, you know, if you, if you haven't taken the necessary precautions to to make something like that possible, then it's you're just damaging your car basically. Yeah, and there's another event now by Beyond City Limits, I believe, uh, this Saturday. Um, where is it this time? I think it's in Drada. So I'll be heading to that. I don't know, David, if you'll be heading to it, but um, I'd have to make an appearance. You will indeed. So there you go. We're, we'll both be heading to it. Um, yeah. So hopefully there's none of that messing uh, at that one. But usually the lads at Beyond City Limits are dead on, you know. So they kind of keep decent, they yeah. run a tight ship, kind of like um. Our friends at Cars and Coffee Northeast there in the dock. So exactly, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is quite serious, and we all just want to see the cars. You know, everyone loves cars. We like the odd rev. Don't get me wrong; both of us like to see a burnout and the odd drift and whatever. Absolutely. But you know, when people are taking the piss with it, that's when it starts to, you know, okay, lads, you're giving, you know, just calm down. So, but it's just do, it's just tiring on the, the the car scene with. The one brush and, and that's unfair you know so i just as i said yeah. i wouldn't like it to, it to affect other or the rest of us basically there's nothing anyone can do about your own car preference that's up to you but um don't ruin it for the rest of us i suppose so exactly and i i feel like we're going to be touched on this and constant constantly uh, down the line as well and i, I guess so. the problem is as well i just remembered this but the problem is once you have these lads uh, you know the Ricky Boras, the IS two hundreds. There's a time and a place, as we all know. But once this gets to mainstream media, and next thing, it's all over the news. Oh, anti-social behavior at Irish car meet. That just gives that puts it in everyone's head that wasn't at this. When they hear Irish car meet, they think instantly, as David was saying earlier, the Ricky Bora, the IS two hundreds, the that's, knocking yeah, over that's plants, what's you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So that's the problem. And that's going to cause problems for us in the future when we will hold an event. So, you know, it's kind of, we're arguing it for both sides, I suppose. It's not going to make it any easier for anyone. You know, yeah. as I said, events were already tough to get with. Like proper organized events were already tough to organize with, with liability insurance and all the stuff that goes with it. And that just doesn't affect car meets. It's any, any public events very difficult to organize or expensive, maybe said differently. But um, so they were all at risk anyway. But if, if there's a clear trend for anti-social behavior and this kind of crack, then that's going to that's gonna be the final nail in the coffin, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, what, what various people are trying to do at the moment is revive the Irish car scene, not 
put it back in its grave. And we had a great car scene at one point. We had a speaker this week would have been Dundalk, or not Dundalk, although we did have a rally in Dundalk one time, but um, the Donegal, it would have been Donegal Rally Week, which didn't happen. Ireland has a massive history and heritage in terms of rallying with the Circuit of Ireland Rally, which really did constitute a stage in every county at one point. It really was a lap of the island in, in, in more recent years, unfortunately, has kind of died a death too. So it's sad to see. We, we, we were very interested in cars and for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, and now there's still an element of that. That is the car scene, really. Um, but a small, small demographic like this is, is going to potentially ruin it for the rest of us. So hopefully, lads, and if you are listening, as I said, fair play to you all, you know, but just think of the rest of us too. Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. And David, on that bombshell, I think we can end bombshell. this podcast here and um, we'll see everybody at the same, same time, time, same place next same week. Same place next week, exactly. Bye. See you.